Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Flyers try to work it in front, scores! Rebound falling right to the far side, and Louis Belpigio picks it up, his first goal. That is your game winner. Louis Belpedio, his first ever NHL goal. Who would have thought 131 into the game? That was all the Flyers would need. The play of the game brought to you by NOCO, the official natural gas supplier and electric supplier to the Buffalo Sabres. As we welcome you here to the press box at KeyBank Center, this is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show along with Pat Malacaro. I'm Brian Colziel. Paul Hamilton is down heading to the Sabres dressing room. We'll get player reaction coming up in just a moment. Pat, this one uh, is not one that we have to sit here and analyze too difficultly. The Flyers were just better. Buffalo was not ready to play. Yeah, the Sabres created, they created a lot of the, the mistakes them, themselves. They they allowed themselves to play Philadelphia's game, and the Flyers took advantage, give them credit. When the Sabres made a turnover, it ended up in the back of their net early on in the game, and you and Paul had talked about it. On a night where the fans were really ready to be excited, You've got the, the uniforms. It's a team that Buffalo's played well against in those uniforms at times and a lot of uh, a lot of excitement going into this game. The Flyers took the Sabres fans out of it from the start. Yeah, the score 103 and then 131, and it's 2 nothing. And it's not even like Buffalo pushed right back after that. Philly ends up scoring again. Uh, you know, Buffalo only had four shots in the first. And you know, you're facing Sam Erson, who we'll have some more interesting thoughts on later in terms of his connection with beating the Sabres in these uniforms. But, I mean, he comes into the night with a 7-6-3 save percentage. The Sabres should have had 40 shots on goal tonight. Like, that should have been plan A from the start, and they were not even ready to go with that either. And, look, there's scouting that goes into every game, but it's not as if you're seeing Philadelphia for the first time. You just saw them 48 hours ago in Philadelphia. They played the same game. You, you would have expected the Sabres to come out – differently maybe or figured out a way after that 60 minutes in philadelphia where you get the win but you know it wasn't pretty majority that night to figure out a way to have a different result or different outcome in terms of your ability to play against philadelphia and that didn't happen yeah 5-1 philadelphia beating buffalo the sabers will be right back at it tomorrow in toronto the team will uh, be leaving and bussing up there uh, in just a little bit here uh, after we get some locker room reaction, which starts with Kyle Oposo live. Kyle, uh, as you take a look at this game, what, what did you feel went wrong? It seemed like it went wrong right from the start. We just, I just don't think we played with enough urgency right away. Like, we know that team comes out and works, and you know we have to 
try and match our work ethic and you know play with a purpose and I just don't think we started the game with a purpose I think it was uh, I think we just dipped our toe in to start it and then we were behind the eight ball and um, you know just uh, couldn't catch up from there you found a way to win on Wednesday, but do you are you a little surprised maybe you didn't learn from that game? Because they, they did play pretty well, but you guys found a way to win. Yeah, I mean, we didn't play well on Wednesday. but won a game, and that's going to happen. Um, and, you know, obviously playing the same team twice, it's hard to beat a team two times in a row in this league. You know, every, it seems like every second game of those back-to-backs are tight, and so we um, could feel that going into this one. But, um, yeah, it's just frustrating to to come back at home um, on the front half of a back-to-back and, and you know, just just really, you know, get behind the eight ball like we did so early. It was, uh, it was tough. I don't know. I think we just, we didn't get enough pucks behind them. We didn't play the game that needed to be played. Um, and, you know, they... They outworked us, and that's not something in that first period for sure, and that's not something that um, we're going to take lightly, and, and that's not something that sh- you should ever be saying after a game um, is we got outworked in the first, and, and it's just it's frustrating. Um, you know, there's going to be games where, where we're flat, but, you know, coming off a game on Wednesday where we didn't have our legs and we looked a little bit complacent to, to come out flat is, uh, is disappointing, but... Um, it's a good thing we don't have very long to think about that. Thanks, Kyle. Kyle Oposo on the postgame. Brian, back to you. No surprise the captain's out there speaking with the media, Pat, after this one. But for him to say, we got outworked, that's something you should never say after a game. I mean, it's not going to make fans feel any better. Yeah, and, and you know, it's you know, stating the obvious in a night like tonight. And, you know, we hear from Oposo plenty. And, and you just hope that the message gets received. And I think it will by the players in that room because – there have been times where you just see efforts like this, and now it might be a good thing that they do have a game less than 24 hours from now on the road to try and get back um, to, to playing the way they can. The Bills almost said the same thing. They had that terrible game in New England, and then they played the Thursday game right away against Tampa. Now, you know, that game wasn't perfect either, but they were able to improve in some areas and get the win. Tomorrow, though, I wouldn't equivalent or, or put uh, on equivalent status there the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> it's yeah. a little different here. Yeah, you've got uh, <laughs> William Nylander's on a 10-game point streak, and you know you know what the offense that, that he and Matthews and Marner and the rest of the team can bring. So it'll be a tough tough game no matter what. And you know that they go up and down the ice, so it'll be definitely a different style. For sure, yeah. I mean, just two nights in a row where the Sabres can't get shots. 15 the other night in Philadelphia, 22 tonight. When the strategy is clear, get shots on these goalies. Even when it was Carter Hart, even for the first 10 minutes here, like, get shots on him. You know, Paul is very vocal about the fact he thinks this is one of the worst defensive cores in the NHL, and these goalies aren't any good. So get on him, get on him, get on him. And, you know, I guess there's some piece that you have to give the Flyers credit because – you know, to only surrender 37 shots in two games, they obviously did something right, too. Yeah, and Kyle Oposo's right. You play a team twice in this short of a span, then usually it does tighten up a little bit. But I do think the Sabres had an opportunity, and again they come out tonight less than a minute in, and a turnover, you know, just they, they don't, don't do themselves any favors, and you're playing from behind the whole night when you had time and opportunities to, to make it make it a different result if you just – play differently than you did on Wednesday. Yeah. Bad start for Buffalo. They're down 3-0 after one. 
and they eventually lose 5-1. Back to the room, Casey Middlestat live. Thanks, Brian. Casey, we were just talking to Kyle, and he said basically you guys got outworked, and he said that's something that you never want to say in a hockey game. Did you feel the same way? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really not, I don't think, a problem with this team. I feel like um, we've got quite a few underdogs who who want it, and, you know, it's a long year, and, you know, that wasn't us tonight. I don't think, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you hit it on the head. I thought we got outworked, and, you know, I, it's pretty hard to sit here and, and try to make excuses. There's really... Really no excuses. That was uh, a poor effort from us, for sure. Were you surprised from the fact that uh, Philadelphia put forth a pretty good effort Wednesday, but you guys found a way to win the game, but it wasn't your best game. So were you a little surprised you didn't come out better? Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, for sure. I think we, we felt it after that game. Obviously, we were happy to, to escape with a win, and, you know, Oopi made, made big saves for us. And um, But you can't you can't rely on that. I mean, he, he made big saves tonight again, and it was still 5-1, to one, so... Um, yeah, I guess back to the drawing board, that was definitely not our best. And, you know, it's it's good we get to play tomorrow. Let's go back and, and get right into it and, and have a better showing. The Flyers are so effective. They seem to just do everything very quickly, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, they got a young squad. They got some speed, obviously. Um, they had a few guys pretty banged up last year and, and they're back. And, you know, that, that helps. They've got, they've got some good players. And, um, they play that system well. They they play tight in, in the neutral zone, and you know they made it hard on us for sure. I thought we we forced too many plays, and um, you know they they slowed us down quite a bit. So um, kudos to them. Honestly, I, I think they played two great games, and you know um, obviously we definitely didn't. So um, I think they deserve that one tonight. Were you guys I don't know too impatient with the puck not when they go to the net enough? I mean, you look at four shots in the first period after Atlanta's fifteen the other night. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we, we got to get more pucks to the net and, and more bodies there. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's it's not even that as much as just we're not getting in the spots where we normally are to, to get those shots. Um, you know, I feel like our forecheck's been a little slow. And, um, you know, we got to get in there and get pucks back, especially with our team speed. It's such a strength of ours that, that we can get in and, you know, we use our speed to, to get on their D. and. Um, you know, make them maybe turn over a few pucks and usually get great A's out of that. And, you know, just something we didn't do the last couple of games. And, um, yeah, it's definitely something we're, we're going to have to focus on moving forward. How rattled is the, the confidence of the power play unit to the point it was the go-to last year? I mean, it's, it's not generating goals or even momentum for you at this point. Um, you know, to be honest, uh, I don't really think that rattled. Um, We've got guys in this room now who, who've proven themselves and, you know, they, we have confidence and, um, you know, it's definitely not been our best stretch, but at the same time, you look at the skill we have out there and the guys we have out there, you know, I actually thought we did a great job moving the puck around today. We had some really good looks and, um, you know, you're not always going to score on the power play, but to get some chances and get some momentum for your team is, is definitely huge. And, you know, I, I thought we took a step in the right direction today. Um, are we pressing a little bit out there? Maybe. I mean, I, I'm not sure. But at the same time, you know, I think we, we have confidence in the guys in, these, in this room. And uh, we know we can make plays. We know we can score goals. I think that's probably near the bottom of our, our list of worries. So, um, yeah, I guess overall, I, I don't think too rattled. After a game like that, do you like the fact you have a game right away tomorrow? Yeah, for sure. Let's get that one out of the way and um, go out tomorrow. It's a, it's a big game for us. Obviously, a, a rivalry game. And, um, you know, they're a good team. And we're going to see where we stand.
Thank you, Casey. Thank Casey you. Middlestad on the post game. Brian, back to you. Casey Middlestad there. He assists on the Yoki Haru goal as uh, Buffalo gets their only tally there early in the third to make it 4-1, and it ends up a 5-1 final. Our Blue and Gold Locker Reports brought to you by Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. Early detection of cancer is our goal. Get in the game. Roswellpark.org slash WGR. This is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. 5-1, Flyers beat the Sabres. Buffalo will be right back at it tomorrow night, Twenty-four hour, less than 24 hours from now, 7 o'clock in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. Of course, we'll have that game for you right here on the Sabres radio network. For all of our local affiliate stations, we're going to say goodbye to you at this time. If you want to keep listening, go to WGR550.com or in on the Odyssey app. And for all of you listening on our flagship on WGR, more postgame coming up. We'll have Don Granato in his postgame comments next. Paul Hamilton highlights, standings update, your phone calls, 803-0550. Final score, Philadelphia 5, Buffalo 1. More Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show coming up. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Gergensen's finishing his check down to the Flyers' zone. Big hit. Dan Dunleavy there on the call. There's their Clinton collision hit of the game. Clinton collision. We are there when you need a repair. Back here to the press box at KeyBank Center on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show, along with Pat Malacaro, Brian Colziel here with you. Paul Hamilton is down in the media room. He's made his way from the Sabres dressing room over there, awaiting Sabres head coach Don Granato, which we will get to here in just a few moments. Your drive home from the game tonight brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet. They're with you for the extra mile. 5-1 Flyers roll the Sabres tonight. Uh, Buffalo now dropping to 5-6 and six on the season. They'll look to get back to the 500 mark with a meeting in Toronto. Uh, these next two games, not going to be easy. Toronto and then in Carolina on Tuesday. These are two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, two of the best offenses in the NHL. So Buffalo better be ready to go. If their offense has been stymied by Philadelphia here, they're going to have to get some goals on the board, I think, if they're going to have to uh, get a chance to compete here against two of the best teams. Then maybe an opportunity if they can get some wins in these games to maybe put together a win streak because you've got Minnesota and Pittsburgh after that, two teams that have been struggling. So maybe an opportunity there for uh, Buffalo to get going. But obviously it's got to start at some point, which is tomorrow night uh, against the Leafs. Kyle Oposo uh, in the last segment just saying about how, you know, thought it was tough playing back-to-back. But, I mean, Philadelphia minus maybe the first period in Wednesday's game I think has been the better team for five of the six periods. Uh, and the Sabres have really, really struggled to get their offense going. Philadelphia doing a wonderful job to clog the middle. And the Sabres, as soon as they get down against teams like this, they seem to really struggle as they try to like kind of pass their way through it, and their passing has been really, really poor in these games. Tonight, another example of that. I mean, how many times did you see the Sabres maybe put together more than a second pass on a rush without it being deflected, intercepted, uh, or off target? It seemed like every single one of those rushes resulted in one of those plays. And uh, Philadelphia, for being... Uh, a long time, a much slower team than the Sabres. They looked a little bit quicker than the Sabres in these two games. And uh, clearly the offense for Buffalo struggling uh, in these two games. A combined total of 37 shots in these two games. Just 15 the other night in the 5-2 win, and then just 22 tonight. 
And to me, that's the frustrating thing is that you know, you know, you are playing against some defense and some goalies that are quite suspect. And, you know, the goalie coming in tonight, we've we've kind of made it our stat of the game here. The 7-6-3 save percentage for Sam Erson. I mean, there should have been just every attempt to get that shot mentality to be nonstop tonight. And the Sabres not only couldn't get it going, but, man, even at times when they had shots, like what is Eric Johnson doing on that fifth goal? He's got an open lane to go toward the net, and he tries a backwards drop pass that eventually forces another turnover. There's no shot, and back the other way go the Flyers, and Farabee sets up Bobby Brink for that fifth goal. I'm not not saying the Sabres are coming back here at that point if Johnson somehow scores, but, I mean, that play right there is just something that the Sabres, I feel like, have done so often. Like, why are you making this play more difficult than it is? You have space. You have room to come in. Why the drop pass backwards with a flyer in between? And, you know, Paterka's pass that led to the breakaway goal for Konecki, kind of the same thing. He's got room on the circle. Instead, he tries to go back with it the other way and make a cute pass back to the blue line, and it's deflected and intercepted. Paterka had a real rough night, I thought. I mean, how does he miss to start the third period? Darlene with a perfect setup for him. I mean, that one, I mean, that is Johnny on the spot. Perfect setup for Darlene. And somehow, Paterka, who's a goal scorer, who has a great shot. I mean, I don't know how he missed that. I mean, it's kind of one of those, you know, night, you know, nights where you sit here and say, geez, nothing is going your way. Uh, Paterka, in this game, officially records one shot on goal. But that one ends up, kind of threw it right back through the crease and then ended up missing the net. Um, Dylan Cousins, of course, fighting Hathaway there at the end. He's frustrated. The stairs... The little portable stairs, I guess, it's you know, the three steps that they have there so that the team doctor can get down from the stands if needed. Uh, he throws them in the hallway. So he's annoyed, and partially probably because of the night and partially because Hathaway got a, a good go at him in that fight. And then, of course, there's injury bad news in this game. Matias Samuelson left after the first period with a lower body injury. Man, he seems to get hurt too often. And uh, he never returns. So we'll get an update coming up here from Don Granado. Uh, Samuelson, obviously not the reason the Sabres lost tonight, not the reason that the Sabres offense looks stymied, but uh, we know defensively uh, against the Leafs team and against the Hurricanes team that are coming up in these next two games, uh, the Sabres are a better team for by far with Samuelson on the ice. We know Buffalo's record last year when Samuelson was out during that horrendous month of November. Here we go again if the Samuelson injury is something. It was right around this time last year uh, in that November time period. Uh, don't want to think ahead here that this could be, you know, something uh, long or anything like that because Samuelson was able to come back or was able to return when he left, uh, what, two games ago when the Sabres were, had a game where he was at home and got hurt and left the game. So we'll see on that. But uh, anyway, we'll wait to hear what Don Granado has to say here coming up in just a minute here. We'll make that our injury report brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. 5-1 Philadelphia, the final. We're waiting for Sabres head coach Don Granado. Uh, while we wait here, let's get in a couple of more stats. Final shots end up 22-19 in favor of the Sabres. Uh, Philly, obviously, in no rush to get anything going in the third there with that 4 nothing lead and then eventually 4-1. Uh, that They eventually made to 5-1 at uh, 11-28. But Buffalo just 6 in the third. 
So you know, maybe if you were hoping for the miracle comeback, like just, again, not able to produce shots on net. Both teams at the end of the night go 0 for 2 on the power play. Buffalo's penalty kill continues to just be tremendous. If there is one thing that you can say through 11 games that has been consistent, it has been the Buffalo penalty kill. All right, Sabres head coach Don Granato now speaking live. Don, your captain actually was correct in saying he felt the team got outworked, but how surprised are you with just the lack of offense early and you weren't able to make a pass? I mean, how do you explain that entire start? Tough, tough to explain um, as far as the some indecisiveness and in not playing direct, uh, and it was the root of our, our problems, uh, the root of our challenge tonight. I thought there was... Uh, enough generated to get breaks, and the question would be, did you earn the break? Um, you know, we, we, we could have scored, but let's face it, we didn't play the way we needed, needed to play. It starts with playing faster, uh, more direct, um, and we were not direct enough, and that was the difference uh, in the game. We weren't uh, decisive, direct, and when you're doing that, you're putting pucks where you can pressure them, and when you're not, you're overhandling pucks, and uh, overhandling it tonight uh, cost us. No updates. I'll find out more now. You look at uh, 15 shots on goal Wednesday. You had four in the first period tonight. Does that play into, you know, the lack of a direct game? Guys are dipsy doing and with the puck and not, not shoot. That have to be more decisive. Absolutely, we have to be willing to put pucks behind. We had uh, too many turnovers, cost us uh, playing in front, not playing behind, not putting pucks behind where you can pursue. Putting pucks to the net, you could see we had shots blocked from the point. Just uh, we had opportunity to get it to the net quicker. We didn't, and then the shot was blocked. So um, you know, just uh, you, it can look like a lot, um, but what it comes down to. What you had said at the outset, Mike, um, and, and, and I responded, we have to be more decisive and more direct, uh, and that will clean up uh, the mess that, uh, the messes that we are making for ourselves at this point. When there's a game like this, do you like having a game right away the next day just to get going again? Uh, I do, yeah. What's the biggest challenge in trying to reset the room in between intermissions? Boy, I mean, it's, you know, you you give up a goal on the first chance, and again, we had an opportunity to play behind, and we didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, it's every night's a little bit different challenge, um, but I thought we, we we needed to pick up the pace and pick up the tempo, and you know, we just didn't get there collectively. Um, you know, we were there in spurts, uh, and we were there with individuals, but it was uh, not um, not as a unit of five enough. Minus five tonight it was just a classic game of a young defenseman. Sometimes they have him. Yeah, yeah I would say so. I, you know, he um, he had a tougher time with the puck tonight, um, but it, it happens. Um, it certainly, um, you know, you can't, he had a tough night, but there wasn't much help uh, in, in instances where there should have been on certain plays. So, um, yeah, it was a. It was a it was a group thing, like I said, but uh, certainly the statistics for him were not uh, positive. How concerned are you about your power play at this point? I mean, there's there was some possession and such, but you know you lived on the power play a lot of the time last year. 
Well, in a game like tonight, it could have changed momentum for us. Uh, we we did obviously shift Middlestead in on that unit, and that that it did look better as a result of that, uh, but didn't convert. And there were a couple opportunities there that they generated. And uh, again, I, I I think even the stuff we generated. Um, because we weren't decisive, that's why I say a lot. Our, our problems can all be summed up with, you know, however you want to say it, but but more direct and more decisive. We had there were opportunities in that game. We didn't make breaks for ourselves. Um, we had chances to score, didn't score. We hit goalposts. We had rebounds laying there that we just missed or just skated past. Um, and the power play could fit into that category. It did move the puck around much better. It created looks much better. But in the end, we weren't decisive enough when when those looks came. Yeah, everything I just said. Like I said, you can't. I, I can answer lots of questions. You can answer them lots of different ways. Um, but w we have to be more direct and more decisive in what we do, and in, in, in a collective manner, uh, on the same page, doing that. When you're, you know, we we played. Uh, I don't want to say we played as individuals, but we we have to play more predictable as a group of five, um, and that is keep pucks moving forward and keep pressuring pucks as they move and pucks to the net. So we can break it down lots of different ways, but you get that resolved and lots of different things uh, work themselves out. All right, there's Sabres head coach Don Granato following the 5-1 to loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. Direct and decisive. That was a part of every one of his answers tonight uh, as Buffalo struggles to get the offense going in a 5-1 to one loss. All right, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll get Paul Hamilton's thoughts on this one here. We'll get Pat's scoreboard update you on the standings. If you want to jump in, now's the time to do it, 803-0550. Final score from downtown Buffalo, 5-1. The Flyers win it. More Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show coming up right after this. I'm Brian Colzio live at KeyBank Center. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. And the backhand pass at the point keeps it in here. Fairby sends it in front. Lucan and big stop on Forrester. Parts in front and the puck is cleared. Well, early on, when Philadelphia was on a power play, that felt like a big save from Ukapeka Lukanen. Our save of the game brought to you by your Upstate Honda dealers. To see the all-exciting new Honda lineup, visit your local Upstate Honda dealer today. Back here at KeyBank Center, the Sabres fall 5-1 to one and are now 5-6 and six on the season. We appreciate you being with us here on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda dealers today. All right, Pat Malacaro here with me, Brian Colzio. We'll get Pat's scores coming up in a moment, but Paul is ready down in the media room. I mean, Paul, right away here, we could tell that something was not right with the Sabres coming ready to play. Two goals in the first minute 31, and there was very little time during the game when we thought maybe there was even a thought of a comeback in store. It was pretty much flyers from start to finish they usually get energized by a big crowd and if that wasn't a sellout it was pretty darn close to a sellout and uh you know that crowd was ready to 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 go and and usually when they have that they play pretty well but uh they absolutely did not uh you know last year against philadelphia here in buffalo the same goaltender 
shut them out four to nothing. As a matter of fact, they have lost twice in the in the in the uh, Goathead jerseys, both times to this team and both times to this goaltender. Yes, last last year was four nothing. Uh, they're twelve two and one with those jerseys on, and uh, it just. Uh, you know, Kyle Oposo summed it up, I think, rather succinctly, saying they got outworked. And he goes, you hate to say that after a game, but, you know, he was trying to be honest. And, and you know, I couldn't agree with him more. I mean, I really, you know, can't add to that. When you get outworked like that by any team in the National Hockey League, you're going to lose the game. It doesn't matter how good or bad that team is. If you let that team outwork you, you, you know, nine out of ten times, you are probably going to lose. Paul, we know that the NHL is not – like the NFL, you know, we, you know, reacting to a Bills game for fans may be uh, different than reacting to a Sabres game because there's 82 of them. We, I don't think fans are under the expectation that they're going to play 82 perfect games. But I will say that I, I can sense that some fans are frustrated, and I, I will give them this. Through 11 games, the Sabres have been, to me, such a yo-yo in the sense of well, they're getting to their game. No, they're not getting to their game. They've come out with a good start. No, they're not coming out to a good start. Like, the, you know, maybe the scoring is there. No, the scoring is not there. Like, it has been a back-and-forth sort of thing through 11 games about as much as it possibly could through 11 games. And I just think maybe just that overall idea of being consistent at a lack of consistency has been kind of the story of this season here. It just seems like we never know what we're going to quite get from period to period. And here they are, three and four at home, uh, you know, where they weren't very good last year. And that's actually better than their home record last year, but it's not, not anything to be proud of. And it looked like they were straightening things out. They had won three out of four games. They had won two in a row. And in those four games, they had scored 19 goals. You know, and in the first six games, they had scored three, six, nine, 12, 13 goals. So, uh, you know, it looked like things were going well for them. They got away with a bad game in Philadelphia. Uh, by scoring five goals and winning going away five to two in a game that, you know, they didn't play very well. And you would have thought maybe they would have learned their lesson. Maybe, maybe, you know, they're thinking, well, you know, we didn't have to play that well. and We still beat them five to two. I don't know if that was in their heads or what was in their heads, but certainly you can't get outworked at any point in the NHL. And any game you play where you get outworked, you are going to lose. Paul Hamilton down in the Sabres media room, 5-1. Philadelphia winning tonight. Buffalo will be right back at it tomorrow against the Maple Leafs. Paul, the, the, the shot totals, you know, sometimes aren't maybe something to harp on, but knowing what the Philadelphia defense and goalies and their situation were coming into this two-game series, essentially, to get 37 shots in six periods, to me, seems unacceptable with how you think maybe you could beat Philadelphia, which is just throwing pucks at the net, knowing how inconsistent their goaltending has been and maybe how poor their defense is in their own end. Uh, to me, like, they got to sit there and say, like, how could that even be possible to end up with 37 shots in six periods against this team? And playing against a goaltender for most of it, all, all but 10 minutes of it, who has a 763 save percentage coming into the game in the three games that he had played. And he even in Philadelphia, he didn't play that well in the third period when Buffalo finally attacked. And got on him. I mean, Tom, Thompson scored, and I, you'd have to refresh my memory. I don't know who got the other third period goal. I don't remember. But they did get a couple of goals, both of which you would have said to yourself, eh, maybe he want to make a save there. 
uh, and then and then they wind up getting the empty netter. So, um, you know, he wasn't that good there, and he allowed what was a 2-2 game to become a 4-2 game rather quickly in the third period, and the Sabres won a game that, you know, they they didn't play all that well in. And I, and I thought, well, you know, that that's actually a little bit different as it is because they don't – in past years, in the past three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or 11, 12 years, if they don't play that well, they almost never win. And, I, I you know, if they if they cannot play well and find a way to win a hockey game, and that's the thing. You, all right, you don't always have your game. You have to find a way. Well, they didn't even come close to finding a way in this game. And uh, – you know, because they just got behind so early, it was not the goaltender's fault. It wasn't even close to the goaltender's fault. But there is a narrative out there that Uko Pekalukinen is not a good goaltender, and as soon as a goal goes in on him, out they come because everybody wants to be right, and their narrative is he's a bad goalie. So as soon as a goal goes in, it doesn't matter if it's screened, it doesn't matter if it's tipped, Whatever it is, he becomes a bad goalie immediately because there's that narrative out there. But if you'd like him to maybe save the breakaway, I'll go along with that. That was one of five goals. This game was not, I repeat, was not on Uko Pekka Lukanen. Paul, the injury to Matias Samuelson. Uh, we didn't get an official update from Don Granado there. Uh, the team calling it a lower body injury. Um, we know the Sabres, you mentioned last year, their struggles in November. A huge piece of that was that Ms. Samuelson was out for essentially that entire month. Uh, we know their record last year with him out of the lineup was very, very, very poor. I would guess, Paul, if Samuelson's not able to go here in the short term with Toronto and Carolina, the next two opponents, and their offensive ability, that's obviously maybe concerning. No, a week or two ago, he didn't finish a game, didn't practice the next day, and he played in the next game. Right. So he was okay to go. I have no idea if this is the same injury, anything near it, or what it might be, but he was only able to play less than three minutes into this game. So, And, again, he's, he's an important part of this team, but I wouldn't sit there and point to it and say, well, that's why they lost the game. Buffalo's played with five defensemen many times before. It's not like they've never done it. And, and Rasmus Dahlin is quite capable of doing it. Power is quite capable of doing it. Yoki Haru is quite capable of doing it. So um, that's not, you know, that I don't think is a real big reason why they, you know, lost this game. They, they lost this game right from the word go when they're turning the puck over in the neutral zone and back come the Flyers. Farabee goes to the net. He screens Lucan in, and next thing you know, you're down 103 into the game, and it was all because one of your better players turned the puck over at center ice. And then it only takes 28 seconds later for Yoki Haru, who's in the slot. He just sweep, sweeps at the puck, knocks it right to a guy who's never scored a goal in the National Hockey League. Well, in the net it goes. I mean, you're not expecting that to happen again. I'm, you're not blaming the goalie on that one. And now you're 131 into the game and you're down 2 nothing. But that shouldn't – so what? You're playing a team that's not very good defensively and you're playing a goaltender who's been awful all year. So what? It's a minute 31 in, you're down 2 nothing. It's not over. You don't pack up your bags and go home. And, uh, you know, the ne next thing you know, Paterka 
with a really sloppy play in the offensive zone, just drop passes it, and it goes right to Konechny, and off he goes on a breakaway, and it's in the net. And now it's 3 nothing before you even get to intermission, and you've only had four shots to go with your 15 shots that you had in the three periods against Philadelphia and Philadelphia. So now in four periods, you've only had 19 shots. And they just weren't having the shooting mentality at all. They did get it in the second period when they had 12 shots, but they, you know, they weren't good enough shots to produce goals. Now, they did have one where you know Paterka, very early in the third period, at a wide open net, uh, Darlene with a great pass to him. He had, the goalie wasn't really there, and he put it right through the crease and out the other side, and and they don't score there. So, do I think they could come back and win the game if 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 Paterka scores there right in? That might have been the first minute of the period. If it wasn't, it was pretty darn close because Yoki Haru scored at two twenty four. And the Paterka thing was a little bit earlier. So d- d- does that get them going if you score a minute into the third period? And, uh, you know, you get a goal there. And let's say you get another one before you hit the five-minute mark. Now you're only two goals down. You Now this big crowd is ready to roll. They wanted to cheer all night long. But in, unfortunately, all they were able to do is boo because this team was playing so poorly. They got booed off the ice twice, and deservedly so. Okay, Paul, let's finish with... Toronto tomorrow uh, I know you know you asked the players and Don Granado about playing right away they said you know this is kind of a, a good thing in the setup that we can erase this one as quickly as possible and get on to Toronto uh, the Leafs we know can put in the put the puck in the net and can skate up and down the ice as good as anybody in the league uh, I would guess too we probably will see Uka Pekalukunen maybe get a little breather tomorrow right the plan would be Devin Levi in goal I would assume I would think so, yeah. I would think that would be their plan all along, that they, they were going to split these two games. Uh, so I would be very surprised if uh, Levi wasn't in goal. And I think, you know, he's going to be focused. He's going to be ready to go. He's not blind. He can see how well Comrie and Lukanen have played. And he knows that he, he had some good games and a couple that maybe weren't up to his standard in the four games that he's played. And uh, so I think he's going to get into the net with some purpose. And it would be just like this team to come out with an effort like that against the Philadelphia Flyers, then travel to Toronto and win. I mean, I've seen I've seen this story play out before, and it was kind of like what they did last year when they would go into some tough buildings and win some hockey games. Dallas, Colorado, Edmonton, Vegas. I'm missing quite a few, but those are the ones that come to mind right off the top of my head. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see because certainly uh, one thing I'll guarantee you. They better have a better effort or they're not winning the game. Paul, have a safe drive to Toronto, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow on the pregame at 6. Okay. All right, Paul Hamilton there on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show, 5-1 to Philadelphia. We bring it back up here to the press box. Brian Colziel with Pat Malacaro. Let's uh, see if the Sabres lost any ground in the standings here. Not too much action going on tonight in the NHL. Let's go around the league. Yeah, Brian, it's brought to you by Alex's Place in Batavia. Oh, man, now I want ribs. There's only one other game going on in the league tonight. That's between the Devils and the Blues in St. Louis. All the scoring has come in the middle stanza. There's 13 minutes to go in the third period. St. Louis up 2-1. to one. Former Sabre Curtis Lazar gets his first of the year for New Jersey, currently in a losing effort. The Rochester Americans were in action tonight in the AHL, taking on Utica, and they fall to the Comets 4-3 to three in overtime. Matthew Savoy scoring once again. Also, Yuri Kulik, a goal in the third period, which saw plenty of offense 
teams combining for four goals in the third, but Utica again gets the game winner in overtime to defeat the Americans. And Brian, I'll leave you on this note. Louis Belpedio scored his first career NHL goal tonight. Originally drafted by Minnesota, he went 2,036 days, according to the NHL uh, media relations department tonight, between his NHL debut and his first career goal. That is not even close to the longest span a player has gone from first NHL game to first NHL goal. And you have to go back all the way to the 50s and 60s to see when that action, when the, the longest streak started. So that seems like a long, long, long time. Yeah. But Dick Cherry went 4,403 days between first game and first goal. Yes. Wow. All right. So that was less than half. Yeah. <laughs> now, Louis Belpedio has not played in the league all for full seasons over yeah. these last couple of years, but made his NHL debut in over 2,000 days ago. Um, now tonight finally gets rewarded his first NHL goal. That's right. Uh, Belpedio, by the way, one of the three stars. We'll get that in next here. Uh, Louis Belpedio is the third star of this game tonight. Uh, the second star for the Flyers ends up going to Farabee, and the first star goes to Brink. So uh, there you go, the three stars of the game, all Philadelphia Flyers. Bobby Brink, first, play first star. He's our electric player of the game tonight, brought to you by Town Ford. When you think of Ford, think of Town Ford. Okay, our final timeout is here. If you want to get in on the phones, now time to do it, 803-0550. We'll update you on the standings. Pat and I will preview the Leafs game when we return here on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. 5-1 Philadelphia is the final. Sabres fall here by four at home in Toronto tomorrow night. More postgame in a moment. We return to KeyBank Center. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. For Johnson, he drops it to Tuck, and a stick handle does not work. And Farabee will send it through for a partial break, and Lokinen won't stop that shot. Brink goes to the net. Bobby Brink. Bobby Brink's third of the season at 11:28 of the third period. If you had any th sort of thought of a miracle comeback, that ended it there as the Sabres turned it over. Eric Johnson bringing it in. Has a lane to shoot, or at least throw it toward the net, and... Does the drop pass backwards toward the blue line, and it ends up turning it over and back the other way it goes. Farabee sets a brink off of UPL's glove and in. That made it a 5-1 to one game. Brian Colsey along with Pat Malacaro here back on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. We'll preview the Leafs game here in a moment, but uh, let's grab a phone call. Uh, let's start things off with Mark here on the postgame. Hi, Mark. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, guys. Uh, listen, uh, Thompson was going tonight. Talk. They're elite, elite skaters. Greenway must have blew up a half a dozen plays. Can't handle the puck. Even clean passes. In the skate, he fumbles it. Granted, it, I realize it's Granado's pet project. He's been great. So in penalties, he should be down in minutes. You have to get – if you're going to play these guys, and you're, certainly when you're behind goals, you need somebody that could skate and keep up with these guys. Cousins, the same thing, too. Can never accept a clean pass. Fumbles it. Overhandles the puck. And Greenway, here's the thing. If you're going to play with these guys – just go to the front of the net. Just there. Let Thompson do his thing and tuck, skate the perimeter, take a defenseman away. It's glaring. It's I think glaring. you're. I think you're right on Greenway. I think if he's going to play with Thompson and Tuck or Thompson and Cousins or whoever it ends up being on the t on, I guess you'd label it the top line. Um, he's got to go to the net. And we saw the other night 
Um, the night, uh, what is it, the, the fourth goal in Philly the other night? Um, Tuck feeds Thompson, and then you have Greenway going toward the net, which essentially means the defenseman has to follow him, and that creates that shooting lane. So that's one thing Don Granato, he, he used the word direct tonight quite a bit, but he wants people to go to the net, even if they're not necessarily the ones making the pass or making the shot. Yeah, and I think Greenway, first when that line was put together, did do a lot of those things you're talking about and created some offense. You saw Alex Tuck really start to get his offense of game going again, which you knew it would only be a matter of time. So I think that these are the ebbs and flows of a season. And now, will these lines be changed around again? Of, of course they will be because that's the way, the nature of this game. But I think, you know, right now you're trying to find just anything that works. And you're right, if, if Greenway isn't going to crash the net, that is something he'll probably need to do more. And it makes everybody on the line better. Our Serve Pro first response from the fans brought to you by Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. Serve Pro Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy responds first and faster to any size disaster. You always want to give me your thoughts on the post game. You can do so uh, by, of course, calling us, or you can send in your thoughts on Twitter at Brian WGR. Uh, just read through a couple tweets here. Uh, want to also let's first start getting here. David says, "I would have went Levi tonight. Lukanen maybe tired. Still with Levi rested, and then you can come back with Lukanen tomorrow against maybe the better team." What do you think about that? I mean, easy to say now. Yeah, uh, it's five-one. But yeah, I, I I didn't have a problem with the way that the Sabers were setting up this weekend. I, I think you know, you could have gone Levi tonight, sure, but it doesn't make up for the mistakes that the team is making in front of UPL. So, um, you know, Paul's right. A couple of those goals, there's a screen in front of the net. There's layups here and there. Um, you know, you, you want them to make the save on the on the breakaway by Brink, but you know, it all comes down to the team's execution in front of Lucan in tonight was not up to, to par and up to standard and against a team that, look, give Philadelphia credit. They've, I think, played well above the expectations, at least in this first month of the season, uh, and see if they can, can sustain this. But, um, you know, it was what a lot of what the Sabres did to themselves tonight um, and give the Flyers credit for taking advantage of that. Yeah. Rick says, at home, this is on coaching to not be ready to play. I don't know. I mean, I, I, to me, it, to me, it comes down to the players. The players are the ones making the mistakes. The, the the coaching staff can do everything they want in practice. And if you want to say that maybe they don't in practice, they're not going hard enough. Okay, but it's still you're making plays that are directly resulting in goals because of mental lapses, not being mentally prepared trying to do too much and then to me that comes down to the players and I think that to me that's a blanket statement I would make in general uh, I just think the players d deserve a lot of the responsibility in the good and the bad when things are going well when you're scoring six or seven I'll give, give the players the credit so I'll say the same thing about tonight when they they lose five one yeah David writing in responding to a poso saying about getting out worked and everything said well, you had 55 minutes to rally this team. It's like, where are the leaders after a 15-shot effort on Wednesday and then you come out flat again at home and you can't get it against a 763 save percentage goalie? There's definitely a piece, I think, of fans, and let's just face it here, there's a lot of people in this area that are involved in hockey in many ways, whether it's youth hockey, high school hockey, their kid, uh, whatever, the leaders on this team in terms of, like, where you'd expect to hear voices from, it's Don Granato, 
It's Kyle Oposo. It's Eric Johnson. It's Eric Johnson. It doesn't strike me as guys that are going to kind of like I, – I think, you know, I'm not saying this is necessarily where David's going specifically, but I feel like there's a, um, a thought that maybe, hey, wh where's the in-your-face? Where's the let's go out and drop the gloves? Let's go out and, and rally the team here. And I don't think you're going to ever really see that from Don Granado and Kyle Oposo if I'm going to start with those two. So if that's what you're looking for – it's going to probably have to come from elsewhere because I don't think the head coach and the captain may be the style of players that are going to be like, it's 2 nothing, like throw a, you know, throw a water bottle from the bench kind of thing. I don't, I don't think that's coming from those two. And I know for some fans they might not like that, but I just think from those two that's just not what you're going to get. Yeah, we've seen it from others. I mean, Peyton Krebs has done it in the past. Yeah. I mean, look, and it was at the end of the game. I understand it. And I know it didn't really work out in his favor in the end. But I like the emotion that Dylan Cousins showed. I said it to you right away. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're going up against Garnet Hathaway, who uh, is going to get the better of you, but he he doesn't back down. And then the frustration slamming the stairwell, uh, the movable stairwell, as he's leaving uh, towards the locker room area, that's what I want to see. And, and, and just the, the emotion that tonight wasn't good enough, and you saw it manifested in that you know final sequence for Cousins. Yeah. Thanks for the calls and the tweets. Let's get our final stats brought to you by Level Financial Advisors, helping you retire better. Visit levelfa.com. Uh, rough night for Owen Power, minus five. He just was really, really struggling, kind of doing what he does best, which is kind of breaking out in transition on the offense. Like He just seemed like he was stuck in mud, and he was struggling in the defensive end too a lot of times there kind of getting beaten some individual one-on-ones. I don't know if we'll see a stat line like that again from Owen Power. Yeah, that, 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 that's the outlier. That's the anomaly. And um, you heard Don Granato mention it. You know, wasn't the only one on the ice, so there's other factors that go into it. But for a young player, just not letting that feed into y your next game and in, in against, especially against a team like Toronto that's going to try and put you on your heels. Uh, I don't think Power's necessarily going to uh, let that linger, but uh, certainly just one of those games that you just – Burn the tape. Yeah, 16,612 here at KeyBank Center. The Sabres falling to 5-6 and six on the season with the loss. Okay, Toronto tomorrow, Pat. Now, the scenario is still the same because other than Jersey, and they're losing right now with 5 to go in the third, no one in the East is going to get any points on you tonight. So in that sense, I know it's another game played. I'm not naive to that. But you can still tomorrow morning look at the standings the same way as you did tonight and say, hey, if we beat Toronto – we move into a second place or into a third place tie with the Leafs. So in that sense, you know, you can kind of maybe go back to the same thing I was saying earlier, the yo-yo feeling about this team. They go into Toronto and win, and I'll be back scratching my head tomorrow in the postgame, Pat, saying, well, what do we know about this team? And maybe we don't know a whole lot of what we're going to get on a night-to-night -night basis. Yeah, but that is one of the games that when you're chasing these teams down, it's only November, but it is November. And we've sat here before saying, once you get to American Thanksgiving, what usually happens? Teams in the playoffs, especially under this current format, and that's another part of this too. You've got to be right in that conversation because very few teams fall out of a playoff spot when you get to late November, even though there's three-quarters of a season left because there's so much ground to make up, and it's just it's going to be so difficult. So I think it's frustrating to lose tonight if you're the Sabres, but you can't compound it by giving away two points uh, to Toronto tomorrow. Yeah, you mentioned earlier tonight William Nylander on a tear right now. Six goals, eight assists, 
for 14 points in 10 games. Matthews has eight already. He had two hat tricks actually in the first week of the yeah. season. Yeah, for Nylander, he's a, he's had a point in all 10 of the games. Those there hasn't been a stretch yet. He hasn't recorded a point. So uh, picking up right where he left off. And look, this is a Leafs team. They've gone, undergone changes. Kyle Dubas is no longer there. And he's with Pittsburgh. Got out of the first round, but were bounced unceremoniously in the second round last year. So there's still a lot of unfinished business for the Leafs and Sheldon Keith. That's right. And uh, we'll, of course, see that tomorrow uh, when the Sabres take on the Maple Leafs. We'll have the pregame show at 6. Puck drop just after 7 uh, right here on the Sabres radio network with Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. Okay, Pat, thank you very much. Thanks, Brian. All right, 5-1 Philadelphia, the final, and uh, we'll put a wrap on things here from KeyBank Center on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. want to thank our crew, TJ Luckman, our network producer, back in our Amber Studios. Pat Malacaro, Jonathan Colziel, Paul Hamilton here at KeyBank Center. Tom Maddy was our engineer. Shopa the Bulldog on the pregame. Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray were our game announcers. I'm Brian Colziel. Again, the final. Thank you for listening. Philadelphia 5, Buffalo 1. Talk to you tomorrow night. Sabres and Leafs right here on the Buffalo Sabres radio network. Good night, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.